Si j'accepte que tu me suces en capote, ça veut dire que moi aussi je te suce pareil de mon côté Pas forcément. Ah oui, alors toi, toi sans et moi avec Ça marche pas comme ça. Tu compte que pour le coup, moi, ça m'inspire pas confiance. Tu vois, c'est ça qui m'emmerde avec les mecs comme toi. On baisse dans la méfiance. Mais au contraire Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies that takes itself only as seriously as it needs to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bryn. And I'm Jeremy. And today we are on week three of Gay May. That's right. It is May. The springs are sprung. Uh, <laughs> and boy, are they. <laughs> are they ever. <laughs> Are they ever sprung? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what? What do we? How's? How do you feel about Gay May so far? It's been a weird uh, little collection of movies so far. It has. Yeah. I. Um, I mean, until you know the, the past two movies, it's like kind of an interesting vibe where it's like you know Master and Commander. It's like I just had fun watching that. Good whatever, movie. Yeah. You know, just good movie, but not particularly gay. And then you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of like. You know, it's gay, but it's, it's like, gay, it feels sure. more like I'm like laughing at it being gay more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not an examination of the lifestyle or the, 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 the shame or the public yeah. uh, acceptance, any sort of like real concepts so far. Maybe as- a little bit about like your own shame around coming out or whatever, but that's even reading to, you know, that's reading your own stuff into it. It's really like. You're just looking at a guy getting spanked to death by Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and you're like, "This is pretty gay." <laughs> this is fucking gay, dude. Uh, <laughs> but then right. uh, this week we're finally really planting our feet in the gay ground. <laughs> <laughs> we're we are rooting ourselves in homosexuality. Yeah, we are. We are truly beginning to learn what it means to be gay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and uh, and I think that's important for straight allies to <laughs> <laughs> who are not us you know We're, you you should um but our if, listeners if, who are straight yeah if you want really if you want to really understand the gay lifestyle and and not even understand if you want to like you know empathize and really be a be a true ally and really stand up for your queer brothers and sisters you need to watch Stranger by the Lake <laughs> for a lot to, of reasons, and and don't look away. <laughs> and why would you want to? Don't text. Put your phone. <laughs> put your phone on silent. Put it on airplane mode. You know, no one's ever cruising anymore. They're always on their phone. <laughs> They're always on their freaking phones on grinder. <laughs> Go out to the beach. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, before we get into stranger by the lake i guess i didn't ask you this but did you watch anything else this week i did um okay great not a not a movie uh i was gonna give an update on the paramount plus original series yellowstone <laughs> this is the third time we've talked about paramount Maybe plus fourth. yellowstone <laughs> All right. You know, it's a big cultural blind spot for me. I I don't watch it. I've never seen it. It is a massively popular show. It is like so hard to overstate how fucking popular this show is. Like I once I started really engaging with it and started really, um, you know, watching it and understanding it and, and whatever, like I've started to notice stuff everywhere. Like there's like t-shirts on people at the playground like people wear yellowstone t-shirts yeah i see like bumper stickers um i've noticed what's a bumper sticker like does uh, it say yellowstone or no so there's um so there's a concept in the show uh oh no (laughs) where uh so 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 they are like a crime syndicate right the yellowstone ranch they like do 
all sorts of murders to 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 you know uphold their land owning and whatever and um right it's the show is basically like if the sopranos was uh that thought the show thought all of the mafia was good, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. I was, so I was going to talk about that a little bit, but um, so so in order to you know cover up their their murders and whatever, um, you know, there's sort of an understanding that like once you're in the Yellowstone, you can't leave the Yellowstone. So you get a brand on your chest. They like brand you with the Yellowstone cattle thing. Really? And so it's a mafia. It is. Yeah, it's very much a mafia thing. So it's like if you get the brand, then that means you never leave. And uh, you you either stay there until you die or you die when you try to leave. And so there's a um, there's a concept on the show that they call taking somebody to the train station. So it's like if if one of the farmhands who doesn't have a brand uh, wants to leave, they're like, OK, sure, I'll drive you to the train. And they drive him to the train. And, and the train is a like they, they explain it in an episode recently that um, it's like a zip code in Wyoming where nobody lives and there's no okay. there's literally zero people there so there's no cops and there's no government and whatever and so they just kill people and dump them off the side of this cliff <laughs> and that's what they call taken with the train station and they reference it all the time they do it all the time and they're uh, always killing people always killing people taking on the train station so the the, okay. the bumper sticker that i saw was uh, a silhouette of the character rip from the side and it said honk and i'll take you to the train station <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's so, it's, so it's a, ridiculous. It's a pretty massive cultural force right now among like a particular type of like conservative boomer, and um, <laughs> so I've been watching. I'm, it and, I'm looking and, at the ratings for season five. The ratings are like season one of the X Files level ratings, mm-hmm. like nine million viewers yeah bananas how many people are watching this shit hard to overstate how crazy that is for 2023 Mm -hmm. television yes regular ass television yeah i remember like one of the like i think the week or two after i moved here um i was over at uh my cousin-in-law's house and we were just flipping through tv trying to find a football game and like every single channel that Paramount owns, which is like, you know, a good chunk of cable now, um, every single channel that they own was showing concurrently the finale of that season of Yellowstone. <laughs> wow. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's really just like the Oscars, the Super Bowl, football in general, and Yellowstone. And Yellowstone, yeah. And the good doctor, apparently. <laughs> Now that's an interesting thing that I did not know was that that's a funny one because people found out about a highly rated television show and were like, "This is a meme now." This is, <laughs> like I this, mean, this is this what's month. so interesting about the cultural landscape right now and the media landscape is that like there exists, you know, two different Americas at least, and there's like the there's one that them, we yeah. live in that's like young young people who haven't had tvs in forever you know <laughs> like right. nobody young? has cable anymore we're like i don't know anybody adults. who's got them but we're young compared to the people who are watching the good doctor oh for sure we're <laughs> 30, are like in their 30 90s, to 40 I guess. <laughs> 30 to 40 years younger than them yeah um Our but it's, it's interesting that like these things can have huge huge cultural impacts and huge ratings and huge viewerships and like I only heard about Yellowstone for the first time because on Albumer we did uh, we did a novelty joke album called Funny Minions Guys Sing TV Songs, and one of the songs was the theme song to Yellowstone. And we all has lyrics. Like, no, no, no. But they're doing like the Minions sounds to the tune <laughs> of it. Okay. Um, and, and and I remember all of us talking about it and being like, I have never heard of this show. I have no clue what Yellowstone is. And it's amidst, you know, like, we're talking like gun smoke. We're talking like, yeah, yeah. you know, like Bonanza. a big, Bonanza, like big time. Uh, I, actually, let me try to find what the actual. <laughs> Seinfeld? Um, I'm trying to think of big theme songs. Yeah, I think they did. Um, Cheers. Cheers is a big theme song. So it was okay. So it was movies and TV, right? So it's okay. like, um, so we're talking Harry Potter. We're okay. talking The Office. We're talking uh, oh, yeah. NFL on Fox. You know, <laughs> like, is that da 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 da? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh huh. 
Peanuts, Linus and Lucy, Star Wars, Game of Thrones. It's huge, you know, huge songs, huge shows really iconic and then you've got yellowstone in the middle of it and we all are just like i've what never heard of this before and then jordan was like oh my dad watches that it's the biggest show ever outside of the east coast <laughs> <laughs> wait you mean outside of the east coast yeah, yeah yeah so like the rest of the country is crazy for yellowstone and nobody in the east coast has even fucking heard of it oh interesting so we're coastal elites mm-hmm. absolutely yes um Anyway, so update on what's going on in Yellowstone. I'm up to season four now. And uh, so you remember how I said that, like, the thing that I really liked in the first season was the relationship with the grandfather and his grandson and kind of the rest of his window dressing. That all is gone now. The grandson's not even basically on the show right now. I haven't seen him in a few episodes. <laughs> there's like um, there, there's a character, Casey, who is the, who's the father of the kid. And um, in the beginning of the show, he's like... Uh, um, He's like estranged from his family because his father's abusive and he doesn't want to know him anymore. And then as the show goes, he's like, well, but I guess I'll start working on the ranch again so that my son has something to inherit. And then after that, he's like, well, I guess I'll just kind of like keep upholding this violence so that, you know, we can keep this ranch so my son has something to inherit. Now, he just like anytime he sees his dad, he doesn't even say anything. He just like smiles. <laughs> just like show him smiling at his dad all the time. <laughs> it's super weird why Um, because he's just like he like loves his dad and his you know maverick conservative lifestyle (laughs) i love it (laughs) they like they don't have any like perspective anymore you know like if there ever was one to begin with you know like right uh, i mean it seemed like when you were describing it like there was some there was some there was some interesting stuff around like you know Native Americans and what what white people did to them on the frontier and there was some interesting stuff around like John Dutton as this abusive father who has to like you know who has like strained relationships with everybody in his family and whatever and now it's like you know nobody ever brings that shit up anymore nobody it doesn't seem like the show is leading towards any sort of reckoning for the Duttons in terms of like their constant murder the the beginning of this season was like they uh there was like a uh they were trying to build an airport uh in Wyoming or wherever that is that they are um uh they're trying to build an airport and that they want to use the Dutton's land for it, and they're going to use the government to take it. And so they use, like, a militia to try to kill all of them at the same time, but they don't succeed. And then the whole beginning of the fourth season is just, like, this strike operation of the Duttons just taking out militia members one at a time. <laughs> and, like, sometimes it's in the in the dark of night, you know, just, like, garroting them in their car. And then God. sometimes it's, like, they have a SWAT team because they, you know, they hold government positions and they use the SWAT team to just kill these guys. And you're, like, you're, like, what is the perspective of... Of this show like what is it that I'm supposed to be taking away from it because at least like the Sopranos glorifies the mafia but like kind of but 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 there's always episodes here and there where you're supposed to be reminded by the way these guys are pieces of shit you know and also <laughs> lame and hate themselves mm-hmm. and their lives and yes. <laughs> and like, everyone around them but either way it's like even if you like even if you're missing all that stuff even if you're just like a dumbass watching it being like oh they're Italian like me and I love watching them get what they want like every I, so right. often there's an episode where there's like the gardener guy who just gets completely fucked over by them for no reason <laughs> Yeah. And and you watch him and you're like, that's the relatable guy in this situation. And that sucks what's happening to him. Absolutely. They never do that on Yellowstone. There's no outside character who you're supposed to ever relate to. It's only no. them. You're Dutton. And you're, you're Dutton. Cool the only thing you care about is people. maintaining the land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it started as like a a complicated look at like American uh, like frontierism and how it's like still the ways in which it still exists Mm -hmm. in current society and now is just a superhero cowboy (laughs) yes uh and nobody ever like uh it's it's just weird it's it's it exists in this world where like the state is the state is bad but police are good it's it's a very conservative show 
at the end right. of the day. It doesn't make you know, any sense. It actually now <laughs> is becoming just a fully conservative show where like the things that are bad in the government are, you know, when they try to uh, when they try to like take things from you. And in this case, they're trying to take the land from the Duttons to build an airport. Disgusting. You know, <laughs> like, that's awful. How, how dare they? This is fascism. <laughs> What's excellent about the government is when they use guns to kill. <laughs> Anyone who's not you. Anyone who is not you or directly related to you. <laughs> that is evil and fascist. So it's an interesting show. I'm looking forward sounds to crazy. it. Sounds crazy. It sounds fucking maniacal. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, so what's the what's the current conflict? The airport thing? So they just finished the airport thing, uh, but the airport isn't done, but they finished like the first wave of conflict around it. Um, so they, the, there was this like investor guy who was, who was there as kind of like the main overseer of the project. And they just threw a rattlesnake in his face and it <laughs> bit him and he died. <laughs> That's the other thing is like, at least in the what? Sopranos, sometimes there's like interesting machinations and there's interesting like schemes and whatever that people are pulling that have like multiple <laughs> moving parts. Everything on Yellowstone is solved by killing somebody. <laughs> That's all that ever happens. <laughs> you always know where it's going in the end. Is A somebody rattlesnake? dead? So yeah, so in, in this so one, funny. Uh, Rip goes to him with a, uh, he's like, the dude is like fly fishing in a little stream where they always find him to talk to him. And Rip goes up to him with a, with a cooler in his hand. He's like, Hey, did you leave this up there? And he's like, no, I, I, that's not mine. He's like, are you sure? You sure you didn't leave this up there? And he's like shaking it. And the guy's like, no, I didn't. That's not fucking mine. He's like, are you sure? And he like opens it and just chucks it at him. And the snake comes out and bites him on the face. (laughs) (laughs) What's the fucking kind of clown town show is this? And like in, in, that's like, not a way to kill a guy with a flying <laughs> snake <laughs> well in a, in a better show they would have then you know had the police uncover this body and be like oh he got bit by a snake and died so that it wouldn't be traced back to the duttons they don't even fucking care anymore <laughs> There's also so much horse business now that like, horse i don't understand business? there's like an economical side to it all where like I mean, they don't literally ever explain how the ranch makes any money. You don't really know what they do because, like, they don't sell the cows ever. Like, there's no, there's, are they meat cows? Are they breeding cows? Are they for something else entirely? A secret third thing? I don't know. And now this season, they're getting into the horse business. And so they just hired up a team of horse riders, I guess. They're guys, (laughs) they're special guys who have special horses. And they keep referencing, like, I'm going to put them on the road to make us some money and build us a legacy. And they refer to it in terms of, like, you know, do you want cutters? And he's like, I want all three. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. And you're (laughs) never explaining it. (laughs) I guess I'm supposed to just be a rancher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, obviously, Jeremy, you want cutters. But I'm wondering if maybe it's like um, it's like how people watch Succession. And, you know, there's, like, these big dramatic scenes where somebody's like, 2.5% 2.5% and they're like 1.9 or I walk and you're like ooh yeah yeah he's tough he's he knows tough. how he knows how to wheel and deal so maybe that's how i'm supposed to be seeing this <laughs> <laughs> but you got to know things about horses you got to know horses uh-huh uh, well, that sounds like a terrible show. I don't know why you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm just in it and I got to see where it goes. <laughs> I don't see why. I drop shows for no reason that I like. Mm. I've never even seen Succession. <laughs> well, what did you watch this week? This week, I watched uh, a movie by Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve. I don't know how to say his name. Mm. Uh, it's from 2017, which is so long ago now but it's called blade runner 2049 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i watched that for the first time this week um and it was kind of a it was one of those things where my boyfriend had never seen blade runner i've never seen blade runner what yeah (laughs) all right listeners jeremy's never seen blade runner and we have a dark council (laughs) so i think you kind of have to make him watch blade runner um blade runner is based off of a not a short novella by Philip K. Dick called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Mm-hmm. Um, it's about androids. It's about robots 
who look like humans. Um, the first one is about Harrison Ford is like a cop who works for he he's like supposed to retire androids who like aren't submitting to their processing, and you got to kill them. Okay. He, and that's called a Blade Runner for some reason. They made up. The, I think they made up the word Blade Runner from like it's not in the book. I don't know what the word is supposed to mean. Anyway, the the movie is sort of like he falls in love with one of the androids. It's a very like kind of paint by numbers noir movie, but like also it's like, but what if he was an android? Is he an android? And it's like all cyberpunky and stuff. And yeah, it's in the future. Um, Isn't it like? I mean, I thought Blade Runner is like the like aesthetic cyberpunk thing. Absolutely, like, that's like it's the visual. The like, yeah, that's where like everybody gets that visual language from. It's raining. Everything is in Chinese, but mm-hmm. it's also the future in New York. Maybe, yeah. Uh, there's neon everywhere, but it's also really dark. That's that's the that's the whole look of the movie. Um, so many years later. They made a sequel, um, not directed by Ridley Scott, directed by Denis Villeneuve. 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 I cannot speak French. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Um, <laughs> but uh, so my boyfriend had never seen Blade Runner. And so I wanted to go see this movie. And he was like, I want to see the first one. It took him like five years to watch the first one. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, it took him another three years to watch this one. So we finally watched it. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool movie. Yeah. Uh, I think Denis Villeneuve is like probably the best like and most interesting blockbuster director we've had in a really long time. Mm. Um, I think... I think everybody agrees. I don't think there's like that many like hot takes of him being shitty or something. Um, but yeah, like his, people like Dune, people like Blade Runner, people like Arrival. I loved Arrival. Um, Sicario. He, I don't know any of these other ones. You never saw Sicario? No. Uh, that people like that, but Enemy. He started off like as a sort of like because he's a obviously not american he's french um he's canadian french canadian i think Woof, even worse even worse but his first couple of movies are um in french and were like real indie darlings like real like artsy stuff and he's one of the few people who like went from making weird like texts surrounded by ears of wheat movies um like award-winning festival movies um that are pretty surreal like enemy is his like sort of first cross or i think prisoners was his first crossover but then in that same year enemy is like a really bizarre movie um big spiders walking over the city and (laughs) very strange um and then all of a sudden he did a like weird face turn and like did sicario and then it's just been on a weird run of making like hugely successful blockbuster movies that are just so visually insane and striking that you can't help but be like damn he's just a great director (laughs) um so this one is sort of i i hadn't seen this one i'd seen most of his other movies i saw dune in the theater i talked about it on the show really enjoyed dune um but blade runner is a direct sequel it's a long time after um the the original blade runner uh ryan gosling is another blade runner but he knows he's a robot he's his name is k his serial number is kd6 3.7 or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like they used to make androids where they like didn't have an expiration date. They didn't have it like they didn't have a choice. Um or they had a choice to like not turn themselves in and so he has to hunt down and kill them just like Harrison Ford in the first movie. Um but now they make them different. Like they just die. Um and they also have like um holographic AI um that don't have bodies. Okay. And so they kind of like went and did that more better. Like people didn't like having like robots walking around because it yeah. made them feel uncomfortable. Um, so 
he's doing that. Basically, they find out that he kills somebody and then he finds like this weird like set of bones um, under the tree at this guy's house. And um, they find out that the bones belonged to another replicant and the replicant had a baby, which isn't supposed to be possible. You can't mm. make more replicants. Can't do it. And They're that, robots. That kind of throws the whole concept of them being slaves <laughs> i mean they're slaves right like they're yeah they're just yeah, labor yeah. um as into like philosophical turmoil and so the cops and the cops are like private cops um want to keep that a secret and then another company wants to um steal the technology so they can do something more interesting with it and so the movie is sort of him just sort of going on a uh, a noir style investigation of like who the child is, who kept it a secret, how is it possible, et cetera, et cetera. He's also implanted with memories of himself as a child. And the more he learns about the child, he starts believing that it's him. Mm-hmm. He's He's the baby who was born. And then that, and then that makes him feel like he shouldn't be killing other robots. Right. <laughs> He's like starting to reconsidering like if if he is a if he was born are are all other androids like should they have freedom in life or whatever. Right. It's very long. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's a god how long is it? 163 minutes. That's two hours and 43 minutes. It's almost three hours long. Woof. Um, and it's slow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very deliberate. Um, and I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, deliberate. <laughs> it's, it's very deliberate. Well, because like Ryan Gosling is such a weird actor. I realized while watching this movie that he's sort of like the Keanu of our generation. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's so interesting. He like um he has this reputation just kind of broadly as just like a hunk, which is he's, absolutely the case. He's, he's so, so hot. hot. It's unfucking un- real. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's absurd. he doesn't really have the career of a guy who is a hunk, you know. Absolutely he is not. if you look at his filmography, like there's really not a lot on here that like you know, the notebook is kind of his big, hunky, you know, romantic re- role. And that's. I was looking over this and I was like, when was he ever playing like a, I'm a, like, Brad, who's the guy, Bradley Cooper or Matthew McConaughey? You know, who's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when is he being that? And like, The Notebook is a really sad movie and it is a romance movie. Um, but then, like, other than that, it's like La La Land and Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. And that's about it. That's about it. He otherwise really seems like pretty hell bent on being like, no, I'm a real actor. I do and real I'm, stuff. And not only real stuff, but like weird stuff. Weird like stuff. He, he clearly has a very like specific type of taste on what kind of movies he picks. Well, do you know about his his music project? Isn't it like this is another this is another album or thing coming out, but um. What? He um Dead Man Bones. Dead Man's Bones. Yeah. So he had a band called Dead Man's Bones and it's all these songs that are just about like spooky haunted house shit and whatever. Like it's <laughs> yeah. not necessarily like scary or like dark or goth. Like I wouldn't describe it as goth. It's really more like traditionally spooky, you know? <laughs> like yeah. like like sheet ghosts and like you know, creepy pianos and cobwebs and stuff. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. And apparently they were inspired to do this band because like Disney World or Disneyland uh, changed the haunted house. Okay. And he was like, that's not right. Like, Like he sees spookiness the same way that like, you know, like serious country Puritans will like be like, that's not real country you're doing. <laughs> yeah. He... I mean, I, I I know it's not like kosher usually to 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 say things like this about people you don't know, but he seems really autistic. Yes, uh-huh. like he's an autistic king, and he is the world's hottest autistic man. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, and the fact is, he's probably the world's hottest guy, like probably in the running. But yeah, he's it, at least in the top ten. So he plays this. So it, it it made me realize he really only has two modes, which is like sort of blankly sexy and kind of aloof, mm-hmm. um, and then blankly weird and un un like disarming and strange. Yeah, and he kind of plays it both in this um in this movie um he's because he's a robot and he's just like so perfect Mm -hmm. to be a robot well he's also such a perfect um he's such a perfect successor to harrison ford as the leading man of the movie too because it's like he is what harrison ford was back then which is just an insanely hot leading man who takes up cool interesting roles you know right back then maybe there wasn't like the same sort of weird stuff available for harrison ford as as there is for the goss now but shit i mean like regarding henry is kind of weird you know he did he tried to do some that's the thing about harrison ford is he always really resented his like nerd status like he wanted to be a a weird you know interesting hollywood actor Mm -hmm. and this is what's great about this is like harrison ford shows up an hour and a half into the movie and it's like the first time in what feels like two decades that harrison ford is given something to do that he cares about Mm -hmm. like harrison ford is acting in this movie and it's weird to see because you forget like that Harrison Ford is actually a pretty good actor yeah because he's always phoning it in on like an Indiana Jones or whatever (laughs) but like when he raises his voice in this and like he goes into like fugitive Harrison Ford mode Mm -hmm. I was like oh wow (laughs) Uh, but like he, he it turns out he's been like hiding out in Las Vegas which is now like a complete like dust bowl pit like that's mm. oh it was it's the irradi- opposite of the rest of cyberpunk world where everything gets more neon in las vegas it gets less it's really cool like every every idea in this movie is so cool because like the 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 cop house they like work at is not cyberpunk it's all just like fluorescent lights and very boring and drab and then every once in a while he goes out into the city that hat that looks like the old cyberpunk but it's like it wants you to hate it what i really like about this movie is that it doesn't it doesn't let you have any fan service mm-hmm. <laughs> like it it really just wants you to be like wow this would fucking suck yeah. <laughs> if this is what happened everything is way worse and it's kind of already like this now and when they go to las vegas no one is allowed to go there because it's like a a, a nuclear radiation like site like a nuke dropped there (laughs) and so like all of the strip is just covered in dust and like nuke red dust yeah um and harrison ford and ryan gosling can go there because they're robots and that's the only reason everyone else is gone um so everything's orange and fucked up um yeah so there's nice twists and turns and you don't, you never really, it doesn't ever really go where you think it's going to go. Um, it's pretty sad and interesting. I thought it was great. I, I, I heard a lot of mixed things about it. People thought it was too long and too slow, but I think like it really, first of all, if you, if you're going to go back, if you think this movie is long and slow, watch the original Blade Runner. <laughs> it's so boring. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, but Dark it's Castle, very, don't make me watch Blade Runner, please. We, why do we watch both Blade Runner? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're long and boring and beautiful and really interesting. And I still think the book is better than both of them. Mm. But I do recommend Blade Runner, both Blade Runners. They're they're cool to watch. So let's move on to our feature presentation, which is not about robots. It's about gay men. Yes. And them hanging out by a lake. It's called Stranger by the Lake. 2013 French thriller drama filmed and written and directed by Alain Guadi. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. Guadi. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, Alain Guadi, I think. Guadi. So uh, this is his, he's a openly gay 10 filmmaker. He's done 10 movies. Quite, oh, quite. We're calling him a ten. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know what he looks like. He's an um, absolute dime. <laughs> but he he has a ton of movies. Uh, I think he's like pretty well respected, and people really like his work. 
um i think not this a lot movie, of uh, not a lot of links though a lot of these movies are uh right i oh, mean there's shorts there's a lot of short films telefilm yeah a lot of these are shorts i think his looks like his first movie is called sunshine for the poor and then we have one two three four five before this so yeah and then he hasn't done a movie in a while or i guess he released nobody's hero in 2022 so this is the first movie i'm seeing of his Mm -hmm. uh i i don't have much to say about him he seems like he won the Cannes film Cannes film festival queer palm award and he won best director for this movie um and yeah it's a it's a small quiet movie there doesn't appear to be a score there's no music i found that really strange yeah especially for like how tense it wants to be in kind of the third act like i was expecting a little bit more uh you you don't do yourself any favors i guess i would say when you're trying to build tension and you 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 don't put music it's a risky move that i don't think pays off here i'm curious what you think i'm gonna i'm gonna just go ahead and say i didn't really like this movie didn't like it that much i I think it is really beautifully shot Mm -hmm. the acting is good um i think it takes a lot of risks that are as far as i can tell pretty unnecessary Mm -hmm. and doesn't really do much with them um so the so the movie is is about a guy named frank um frank it's frank but i'm not gonna say frank the whole time uh i'll say michel and i'll say henry no i'm not gonna say fucking frank (laughs) you're not gonna say frank i'm not gonna say frank we'll do we'll do all of them we'll do frank michael and henry Okay, I'll go the other way. We'll say Franck. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Franck, he, he goes to the nude beach, and it's it's a cruising spot. Yeah. And he goes there. He's just a normal guy, I guess. One thing that's interesting about this movie is that they don't show ever anything outside of this beach. Mm-hmm. This is a cruising spot for gay guys, and that's it. You don't get to see what they do outside in their normal lives or how much time they spend at work or if they have wives or husbands or I mean, you get what they tell you, which I guess the idea is like, it's supposed to be as though you are at the cruising beach. Like all you know is what's there. Right. And all you know is what people tell you. And so Frank tells us at some point that he used to sell vegetables at markets and now he's unemployed. He's not really sure where he's going in life. Uh, yeah. And that's he's kind just, of it. He's just like a, he seems like a 20, late 20 something, like kind of aimless guy who's, mm-hmm. he just wants to hook up and let some steam off. Um, so the first part of the movie is mostly that he yeah. meets this guy named Henri who is not, sa- says he's not gay. He broke up with his Well, girlfriend. he's like, a, he's a DL guy because he says he's fucked right. men, but he, oh, yeah. but he's married. He was married to a woman. They just broke up because they just kind of like weren't interested in each other anymore. And the relationship kind of fell apart. And he just kind of like hangs out to the side of the beach. He doesn't really ever get naked. He um, just kind of hangs out. And he has like a pretty good reason for it, too, where Frank asks him about it. And he's like, well, you know, people are trying to fuck here. So they're going to come up and talk to you. And it's like if I go to the regular beach, nobody talks to me and I'm lonely and I want to talk to people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is understandable. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of like just wants to hang out, but also kind of likes the the possibility or like the the horniness around it, and also mm-hmm. he gets to look at gay, naked gay guys. Um, so he befriends him, and they have like a lot. Of, they talk a lot of just about their life and getting to know each other. You you get to know them a lot. Um, and what's interesting is through that whole time, you really never get the sense. There's no like, will they, won't they necessarily like, you don't get the sense that, that Frank is even remotely interested in Henri and Henri mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he's particularly looking for anything from the relationship either. Although you do sometimes get the sense that he like has this feeling of like, you never look at me that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, you don't think I'm attractive cause I'm a chubby older guy and yeah. you know, and Although Frank does get his dick sucked later by a chubby older guy. So it's not that, you know, it's just something else. Something else. I don't know about French gay attraction. Um, I don't even know what types of guys these are. It's one thing that's always interesting culturally is like there's certain kinds of people that they'll cast and you're always like, is this this kind of guy? Um, 
So F- Frank um, spots a Tom Selleck-ass hottie named Michelle, um, and he wants to hook up with Michelle, and Michelle is with another guy. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Michelle, go, the the way it works is you are at the beach, you're naked, you walk up into the woods, and that's kind of your way of flagging for people that you're, you know, you're trying to fuck. Right. And whether that means somebody follows you in or you try to find somebody in there, basically you go into the woods to find somebody to fuck. And so he sees uh, Michelle walk into the woods and he walks after him, but by the time he gets there, he's fucking somebody else. And then it's all about him just trying to, you know, fuck michelle and and you know just kind of like finding different scenarios to 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 get the two of them together and eventually one night he's looking through the a clearing in the woods and he sees michelle in the water drowning his uh his former partner yeah whose name is like renault or something yeah whatever um, so yeah he he watches him drown his his the guy he was fucking um and then the movie continues as if that didn't happen mm-hmm <laughs> um yeah frank is co- just like still trying to fuck him he's kind of just like unperturbed by this this revelation <laughs> he doesn't seem to really have much feeling about it at all um and then they do hook up he he's like hey you're not with that guy anymore and he's like no it was not a real it's not a serious thing and then he's like okay well let's fuck and then they fuck and then there's just like a lot of movie of them just fucking yeah. um like explicitly <laughs> and, and i mean there's there's explicit fucking before but even more so with michelle and frank um just dicks and asses dicks and mouths it's explicit erect penises mm-hmm. um it's it's pornographic um it's shot very beautifully yes um it looks very nice um and then and then their relationship pretty quickly starts souring. Frank is like, don't you want to hang out? Can I go to your house? And Michelle is just like, I don't really want to do it like that. Like, I'm sort of just a here guy. I'm just a on the lake kind of guy. Yeah, it seems like you start to get the sense that a lot of the guys here, like, you know, at the beginning when uh, uh, when Henri says like, you know, oh, you're actually gay. And, and oh, yeah. <laughs> Frank is like, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, aren't most people. And, you know, he's like, I don't really get that sense at all. No, I get the sense that most people are like straight and they come here to fuck guys, you know, and you <laughs> which ex- is like projection probably. But it's a little bit. But then like once stuff starts to sour with Michelle, you start to be like, oh, maybe it is kind of like that. Maybe this is mostly a DL place for, you know, for straight guys to come and fuck men. In right. The and Frank, Frank wants it to be a like meet a boyfriend. And there's um, the guy at the beginning uh, when um, when Frank is looking for uh, Michelle in the woods, and the guy is like, "Have you seen any women in here?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> never in my <laughs> like, life." What do like, you mean? And he's like, "No, for sure, I've seen women in here before. You you just don't know." And that's like maybe that's like a psychological <laughs> thing where it's another straight man who's like kind of like for himself being like, "Well, if I like look away, then the mouth could be anybody." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and there's a lot of. So 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 basically Michelle starts acting weird. Frank is acting being like, "Did you maybe kill that guy?" and Fr- Michelle is like, "Why the fuck would you say that?" And there's a detective who starts showing up and asking everybody questions. Um, Inspector Demrel there. <laughs> um and um and 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 Frank is like very obviously trying to cover for Michelle. Um yeah. Because he thinks there's a future for them. He thinks that there's some future for them out there. But then once that starts to sour, then he starts being like, oh, well, maybe you did just fucking kill that guy. And maybe I don't have to cover for you anymore. Um, and then uh, the third act of the movie, I just, I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just like, I don't know really what to make of it. It feels like it's supposed to be symbolic of something, but I feel like I don't necessarily know what it is. Uh, and, Maybe I'm right. not well, culturally in well, the right place to maybe perhaps theorize about what it could mean. <laughs> Explain what happens. So, so this this detective is around, and um, he's sniffing around, and it seems like he's getting closer and closer. He's like catching people in lies, and um, at some point, uh, 
Henri very j- just straight up says it to Michelle. Um, Frank is yeah. swimming, and Henri goes up to Michelle, and he's like, "Hey, so are you gonna fucking kill him when you get tired of him too?" <laughs> and Michelle's <laughs> like, "What are you? Sa- what are you saying? What are you? What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, you're fucking obvious, dude. Like, you're not exactly discreet about it. Everybody uh, knows. Everybody knows. We're all talking about it." And he's like, "What about the detective?" <laughs> he's like, "He'll figure it out soon enough. You're fucked, man." Yeah. Uh, and then he like gets up and he and for the first time we ever see uh, Henri walks off into the woods and he looks back at Michelle. And he's like, come on, buddy. And and, and uh, Michelle follows him and Frank comes out of the water thinking like, oh, no, they're going to fuck. And um, and, and he follows them into the woods where he finds that Henri's throat has been slit. He's dying. He says, don't fucking worry about it, dude. This is what I always wanted. I just right. was too pussy to kill myself. So just leave me be. Right. Uh, and then um, Frank starts chasing uh, Michelle, uh, or other way around. Sorry, Michelle starts uh, chasing Frank, and Frank goes and hides in the woods. Uh, he sees Michelle stab the detective as well, um, which is just straight in broad daylight. Broad not even daylight. really in yeah. woods anymore. He's just stabbing the cop, <laughs> uh, and, and then, then he's going off and looking for Frank. And you know, night falls; it's dark, and you hear him calling out for Frank and then the last thing you hear is uh Frank get up and call out for Michelle. Yeah, he's sort of like cuz he's hide he's successfully hidden and then he like starts being like Michelle and then like loudly yelling for him like he wants him to come find him. Yeah. And then the movie ends. And then the movie ends. So my artsy take on the movie mm-hmm. is that it's about it's about the weird morality that springs up around anonymous exclusive so this is what i was this is what i was kind of hinting at when i said like i don't know if i'm culturally in the place where (laughs) i can maybe make this you know (laughs) where i can make this interpretation of this movie but it does feel like it's very much about like yeah the 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 loose uh morality and the loose uh like looking after oneself that happens in these kind of hookup, you know, scenarios where like, right. cause it, it is, you know, it is hard not to notice that like he is, you know, Frank is constantly actively making dangerous decisions when it comes to Michelle. He knows Michelle killed somebody and he still hangs out with him. And then later he sees him kill two people and then again calls out for him. So like, that's obviously what we're supposed to be taking from that. Right. And right. then in addition to that, there's, you know, a conversation, one of the few conversations we have with anybody who isn't Henri or Michelle is with the guy who he hooks up with at the beginning where he's like, can I suck your dick? And he's like, do you have a condom? And he's like, to suck your dick? No. <laughs> <laughs> like The what guy is mean? like, what do you fucking, do you do this with everybody? And he's like, yeah. And then later when he fucks, uh, when he fucks Michelle for the first time, he says, is it okay if I don't have a condom? And he says, yes. Like it feels yeah. like you're you're supposed to be. Unprotected anal sex with yeah. a stranger who he knows killed a guy. Yes. So it seems like you're supposed to be kind of putting these two together, right? Like yeah. that's that. It's not homophobic of me to say. <laughs> like no, I is... think I think those parallels are drawn because I think there's a lot of dealing with like Henri is the sort of DL guy who hates himself and is sort of like internalized homophobia, um, and it makes him sad and like it's. I guess it's sort of about like the self-destructive behavior of these kinds of spaces where it's like we can't be in public Mm -hmm. and so you're sort of like always on the edge of death or wanting wanting death or whether suicide or like you don't care if you get sick or it hurts you or whatever um and i you know that's all that's all good that's all nice like that's an interesting it's an interesting movie to make and i don't think that that's what's wrong with it you know that's kind of like the stuff that works for me and the stuff that's interesting to me is these little bits of intrigue around, you know, the symbol of it and whatever. And like what the actual, you know, what, what, what we're supposed to be taking away from it. That's interesting to me. What doesn't work for me is things like, um, no score. No score is a big fucking buzzkill for me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work in this movie. 
Um, well, like well, I said for- earlier, it's a big risk when you're trying to make something suspenseful and scary and something that you're supposed to like. They, it's very clear from the way that critics talked about this that and 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 the way that they made the movie that your blood's supposed to be pumping in that last sequence where like where the chase is happening and they're hiding from each other and stuff. You're supposed to be invested in that, and without music, it really just doesn't feel that way for me. It doesn't come off that way at all. Right, and I mean, uh. So, so I agree. I think, I think a big problem that I had with the movie was just like, it didn't successfully do much in terms of emotional quality. I think the lack of music is a big problem. Um, and there, there's other, there's other, uh, movies that i love that have no no score uh especially french people they're really like i think he i mean i i don't know but like michael haneke uh is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time we watched the white ribbon mm-hmm. um his movie uh cachet i think has no score and it's just terrifying it's like one of the most uncomfortable and scary movies i've ever seen um but he's just like a once in a lifetime director sure. and you really have to know how to do that like I, I i don't i don't want listeners to think like we're just americans who need like to be told how to feel like that can work it can be you know i've seen french movies that do that specifically french movies i guess he's austrian but it's in french and it's in france um like i've seen movies make that make that work and this movie just felt like it wasn't even sure if it wanted you to be scared mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it's so metaphorical that it's just like, okay, and then this happens. And then, oh no, he, the metaphor of his own like lack of care or desire for isolation or whatever is, is being on screen now. And that's the information we're giving you. Yeah. Um, and for me, like this whole ending sequence just like doesn't work as like tense or horrific or anything. It's just like feels sort of uh, sterile. Yes, it feels flat. It feels just kind of a little boring for being, you know, multiple people getting stabbed and dying. It's kind of boring, um, <laughs> especially and, and, and it doesn't help that like when he stabs the detective, it's almost funny you know yeah. like, like the the way that it happens you're almost like oh <laughs> oh wait um, uh it's so that's and, and then like he's right like the way it's staged is really strange where it's like uh frank comes out of the woods and then he's like mid stabbing uh and the inspector is just like oof oh like it looks real actorly you know like uh-huh. there's no visceral there's no Especially and when compared to Henri with his fucking neck slit and you see like the last couple spurts shoot out and stuff and you're like, oh, that's real. That's right. legit. You and know? that 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 one took me a little like, oh, OK, um, this is what's happening. Um, but now this guy is just a a murderer, like a like a serial killer. Yeah, he's just Chucky. And you're like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think so. My problem is, is like. I'm I love a metaphorical movie, but when you make a movie that is supposed to be a metaphor, you generally don't want it to be like incongruous to reality in the metaphor. Mm-hmm. And the fact is is like it doesn't make any sense for anyone to behave this way. Right. Like once Michelle once he has come to terms with like Michelle's a murderer and will murder you and then murdered your friend. I, I don't think anybody c- can like, I don't get what I'm supposed to feel by him being like, but I still want to say hi. This like, is the thing, right? Is it's like in the end, it's like if, if it is the metaphor that we're saying that it is about the, you know, about the risks of, of this lifestyle, then it's like, what is it that you're saying at the end there when he goes back to it again? Is it's like, like, what are we supposed to be leaving this thinking of Frank? Because I sure don't feel bad for him. No. You know? <laughs> and and if that's the case, then, like, what is it that you're trying to say about gay men in this movie, you know? Well, yeah. And, that, like, it's like if you take the metaphor to its logical conclusion, it's like, so you're just saying, like, 
dumb gay guys like are so lonely and so desperate that they'll like be i guess if if the killing is aids or hiv um then it's just like they're dumb and they will like fuck people with and they deserve it is essentially to- what the message of the movie is <laughs> yeah, like am I, I wrong like it's kind of like when you when you literally see the guy kill three people and then you stand up and say hey then what the movie is trying to communicate to us is that people who die of AIDS deserve it. And like, I don't it, think I, I, I certainly don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Our brave stance on this podcast is that that's not true. They don't. Um, yeah. I, I, it feels kind of muddy what, what it's trying to say. And this is the kind of thing where I'm just like kind of over, like well it's just presenting these ideas like i want a movie that tells that has a perspective mm-hmm. i i don't really care about movies that are sort of just like just putting it out there washy you like, you make up your own mind like it's real easy for new yorker writers to be like this is an exploration of ideas mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like that just means you don't have a perspective yeah this is a meditation on whatever right exactly yeah. and i i definitely used to give those movies more of a pass in my younger days. Um, but I feel like it's just, it's, it's oftentimes a way to excuse either really terrible perspectives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a, uh, lots of people who are, you know, very artsy filmmakers, for example, Ingmar Bergman, uh, who I, I love some of his movies. I'm not trying to shit talk his, his prowess as a director but uh was like a out and out fascist Mm -hmm. and has terrible perspectives and like some of his movies have really bad politics and you like see writing about those kinds of things it's just like well he's like asking questions about like the nature of authoritarianism and it's like asking the hard questions yeah (laughs) and it's just like okay these are pieces of art that have a perspective and you can't just say well it comes to bad conclusions and so it's it's you can maybe take it a couple ways it's like i don't i don't really suffer that anymore it's sort of just like tell me what you're trying to say like show it to me in an interesting way be artistic and do interesting metaphor and and emotionally manipulate me to towards your point or whatever but don't give me this like well, it's just about things that could happen or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about this movie is that it, it just felt like it, it it felt like let's show some of the worst inclinations of insular communities mm-hmm. um, and how they can be destructive for no reason. Yes. <laughs> uh and for and an audience that, by and large, isn't even you know going to, like, you know, it's 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 the the audience for something like this is much broader than your community. It's one thing if this is you know for your community and you're showing it to them and and you're kind of like doing self crit sort of you know like this for is sure. you know this is us talking about us to us is one thing, but you know you're putting this out to the world and like the world is out there seeing this and being like, Oh man. Yeah. Frog probably deserves to die. Huh? <laughs> yeah. The, you should behave, but pull up your pants. Yeah. Gay guy. Uh, <laughs> keep it zipped up or whatever. I don't know. Like it, it, it feels pretty strange and <laughs> I don't, I, I also just don't find the movie entertaining enough Mm -hmm. or like specifically interesting enough moment to moment to really recommend it um and and one thing that we haven't really talked about is just like it's gratuitous unsimulated or like unsimulated sex yeah with body doubles and i i was like okay interesting why like (laughs) brin is tenting her hands right now (laughs) (laughs) very very curious interesting (laughs) It's a, when someone makes that choice, I'm like, okay, I like the choice, what it could mean, mm-hmm. like why we want to see this. And it just felt kind of callous. See, I actually do kind of think I, I, 
I read a lot of criticism of this movie, uh, and a lot of what people talk about is how gratuitous and pornographic it is and how it doesn't add much to the movie. But I actually do think when you're viewing it through the lens of you know what like what we believe this movie to be about, which is the risks of of the cruising lifestyle, essentially, um, I do actually think that it adds a lot to it in showing the counterpoint, which is this is hot. You know, it's fun. <laughs> like sure it's fun is. and sexy and hot <laughs> and like, you know, sure, you might die, but you're also getting your dick sucked in a pretty major way. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, like that I didn't think about that, like <laughs> that the point might be, but it is really fun. Yeah, and it's this literally is why you'd showing you do it. like, yeah, like you are getting horny when you're watching the movie and then you're like, oh, damn, I guess I would probably let that guy kill me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that and if that's the point of it and because that's a bet, that's an even uh, stronger argument for the movie being about like basically assimilationism. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically the point of the movie is like this is fun but it's really dangerous and what we should be doing is leaving the cruising in the past right and it's like is that good is that a good thing to think i don't know i guess it's thought provoking but it's uh but this is the point is what we were saying before is it's like it's it's (laughs) thought provoking isn't enough you know i don't want i don't want my thoughts provoked i want that's not what I'm going to your movie for. You know, if I want my right. thoughts provoked, you know, <laughs> like I'll fucking, I, I can provoke my I, thoughts. I can provoke my damn thoughts. <laughs> you know? I, if I'm going to see your piece of art, you know, I want you right. telling me what you think. I don't yeah, care you, about having my fucking thoughts provoked. I can already rotate a cube. Give me a different shape. I can for rotate, me rotate a fucking cube <laughs> just fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think, it's a it's a it's a it's a very well made or i guess it's a well shot movie i w- mm-hmm. i'm i'm still going to go stand firm on my criticism that this movie needs a score needs a score and the audio just in general kind of sucks the um the miking is pretty bad at times and um I felt like people's voices got like blown out a little bit. Like, oh the, yeah, the, I do remember there was a fucking like clipping. Yeah, like somebody yelled and it was like clipped. I was like, what is? Who made this? Who made this? Also, uh, how did they mic people? That's what I want to know. They <laughs> are very naked. They're very naked. Where were the Where were the loves? <laughs> <laughs> I assume there's all booms. I guess that uh, would be crazy. Pro- You'd be getting so much of the water. You'd be getting so much of the, you know, the probably why it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> mm, interesting. I was thinking maybe they went through like their hair or something. Wow. Do you think so? Well, they do that in like, um, Broadway shows a lot. They go through oh, your hair. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So it, it's an interesting movie. It's not a terrible movie by any means, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd recommend it. It's a no, unless you. I I would recommend it for one specific type of person, which is if you somehow cannot access gay porn anywhere else, <laughs> and you really want to see it, I would recommend this movie. <laughs> um, right, uh, it's a gets pretty good in terms of uh, in terms of hot guys sucking each other off. But uh, <laughs> as a movie, I just it doesn't feel like it has a ton to say and i think it doesn't really work as a suspense yeah. thriller at all i think it just like is so unsuccessful on that front if it's trying to do anything suspenseful or thrilling it's just like a complete failure um and if it's trying to make me think about is 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 the cruising lifestyle good for the gay community it's sort of like i don't know you tell me, man. I'm yeah. not gay. I'm not, I'm not a gay, gay guy. And cruising, you know. <laughs> uh, so, I'm Donald yeah. Trump, and I'm gay. It's different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't think it was. I thought it was pretty mid to a failure in some ways. Yes, uh, I but I get why. I get why people think it's interesting. So. That's it. That's that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. This has been week three of Gay May. Next week, we will be watching the Wachowski sisters' first film, Bound. 
which Jeremy has already seen, but mm-hmm. I have not seen ever. It is the only Wachowski's movie that I've not seen, so I'm very excited to watch it. I'm a, I am, I don't know if you've heard the show before, but I am a Jupiter ascending defender. <laughs> uh, so I, I like most of the things they've ever made. So I'm excited to watch that one. Um, yeah. So if you'd like to hear more of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and sign up to be a member. Uh, regular tier gets you um, a bonus episode every week where we talk about movie news, your emails, Sometimes The Sopranos, if you want to vote on what we're going to watch after The Sopranos, which is next, next month, month uh, you can join The Sopranos tier, and then you can also join The Dark Council there, which you know what that does. It makes us watch whatever you want to watch. Um, so all of those things, plus the Discord, plus you can follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod, and follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. Baby, let's cruise. From here